Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. At this point, without further ado, Pastor Matt, thank you. Amen. It's, I'm excited to be here at the midweek. Just give me a second. Just so you all know, if you're like, oh, he does youth on Wednesdays. They're fine. They're not by themselves running. They have Pastor Pam is actually speaking over there, so they're going to have an awesome and amazing night. But when Pastor Joe asked me to speak for the midweek, and I started praying, and I said anything specific, he said, whatever is on your heart to talk about. So I started praying, God, which, which way should I go with this message? And the message, as you can see, it's, it's called Victory Ground. And it's funny, because this message, for me, I guess, was birthed, so to say, a few months ago. And then I, when it happened, I was, I, I was actually wrestling through it. So I just started writing some things down. Never finished it, because I was going through it. But now it just sprung on my heart, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much more now, because I've walked through this. So this is what this message is. And this message was really inspired by me watching, I guess it's semi, a kid's movie with my daughter. And you'll see in a second what I'm talking about. And that spurred a lot of things because the truth is, and even when I was praying about what to speak about is, who here knows? Listen, we are all going to be fighting battles, right? More than likely, we are fighting a battle right now, some of us in here. You know, Pastor Joe, our lead pastor, always says we're either kind of coming out of a battle, we're in the middle of a battle, or a battle is going to be coming because it's life. There's, this world is full of sin, right? We have victory over that. We're going to be talking about that. So there's going to be battles. And some of us, we struggle. Maybe we're fighting. We're in the fight of our life right now. Maybe it's from addiction. Maybe it's we're fighting for peace. We want peace in our life. Maybe we're fighting for our marriages, fighting for um, our health, fighting for our relationships, our family, whatever it may be. Maybe it's, again, it's just peace. We just We want peace in our life. Maybe it's we want to feel like, we know God's plan, whatever it is, but we all are kind of fighting a battle at some point. Now, here's the thing, and the truth is, this is Wednesday night, so I'm used to speaking here Wednesday night, but some of us are in a thing now, right, where we're, we're dreading the next two days, right? Hopefully, you come here Wednesday. It's awesome. We have a midweek. We get encouraged. We get inspired, right? And we just want the weekend to get here. Anybody ever be like that? All right? You're like, oh, tomorrow, I wish it was. If weekend comes, Friday comes, you're excited, but God doesn't want us to live that way. He doesn't want us to live just for the weekend or just for certain days because God, listen, he has given us the tools. He's given us things to honestly to prosper every day, to be blessed and to be a blessing to others because there are people in our Thursdays, in our Fridays that are counting on us, right? And there's things that God has for us. So battles are going to come up. Maybe you have a battle you don't even know it's going to come up tomorrow or Friday, but here's the scripture that, that popped in my heart is that may be true, but who knows? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world, Right? Greater is he that is in us. Now, I want to kind of start this off by just, just doing this scenario. If it's weird, I'm sorry. But I want you to picture this scenario. So why don't we all just shut our eyes, shut your eyes, and just picture this scenario with me. And listen, if you don't play sports, you might need to really visualize it and really, whatever, just pretend like you're Tom Brady or something. Some people are like, don't you ever say his name in this place. No, I'm just kidding. But imagine this scenario with me, okay? Imagine that you are heading into one of the biggest competitions of your life, maybe the biggest event of your life, one of the moments of your life, right? So maybe it's, it's, it's a sports game. We'll just stick with sports for this because it's, it's easy. Whatever it is, but imagine 
It's just minutes before this starts, and everyone on your team is getting ready. They're listening to music, and you're doing one final run-through in your mind of what you need to do. Your heart's pumping fast. You are nervous. You could really use a pep talk right now. If you've played sports, you probably can really imagine this, but you're not so confident in this moment. But suddenly, a person from the crowd enters the locker room, and you recognize this person, but you don't quite know from where. But everyone turns to them because obviously they have something important to tell you. So just keep visualizing this. You think maybe this is someone from the crowd that has come to wish you luck. And you're thinking, good, I need that. I need some luck. I need some hype right now. And this person opens their mouth and everyone is on the edge of their seat. And then they say, okay, this person says, you should probably just go ahead and pack up your stuff right now. The other team is really good, way better than you are. And quite frankly, you're not that good at this. Anyway, so you're just not good enough to do this. You're going to fall on your face. I know you've tried hard, but save yourself the embarrassment and just go home. You're going to lose. You can open your eyes. Welcome to the midweek. I hope you got encouraged. No. (laughs) But that, if that happened, we would be devastated, right? Maybe some of us can think about moments that have actually, not this scenario, but something that had kind of closely has happened or somebody has said stuff. But if you were not confident in that moment, imagine how you'd be now. You'd be devastated, right? You'd want to actually pack your things up. You'd want to get in the car. You'd want to leave. You wouldn't even want to play in the game. You'd probably go home rehearsing all the times that you've failed over and over and over again. And honestly, that is, it's a dramatic analogy there. But we can get like that sometimes, not in sports, right, if we're not playing that, but sometimes in life. And I know I can. I have, start doubting. Could be, it could be somebody said something that triggered doubts in my mind. It could be just myself wrestling through things and doubting and then not even wanting to try to go and do something because what's the point? I'm going to fail at it. What's the point of trying? It's not going to work out. What's the point? I'm not going to succeed at it. And that is very, very dangerous because when we believe those lies, and a lot of times the enemy, because who knows, and we're going to see a scripture, we have a real enemy that, that comes after us as like a roaring lion, he will put lies in your head because he knows if he can get you to think on those, to meditate on those lies, you won't go for the God-given purpose that you have because you won't even want to try to step out. You'll start doubting. You'll start wondering, no, that, that couldn't be God. That is one of the ways he attacks us is with, in our thoughts, most importantly. And this message, it was kind of birthed out because who here, to be honest, has had before a woe is me attitude? All of us, right? Or we know somebody with that. And a couple months, that was me because I, I could get so down and I could have that mindset. And God speaks in amazing ways. And this is one way. I, was, I told you this message really came from a movie I was watching with my daughter. And I'm going to go to that clip. And then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it after. So we're going to look at a clip from Christopher Robin. If nobody has seen that. She loved Winnie the Pooh. So let's just take it. Let's take a look. Just my luck. A heffalump. Leary. At his lunch. Eeyore, I'm not a heffalump. Doesn't matter anyway. Headed for the waterfall. I'll be gone soon. Oh no, not the waterfall. Swim! Not that anyone will notice. Swim, swim, swim! Just have to go with the flow. Don't worry. I'm not. Can't change the inevitable. Mustn't give up, Eeyore. I'll save you. Oh, yes, of course, I've grown up, haven't I? 
If we're not careful, we could develop an attitude that Eeyore had. And I remember when I watched that, I literally got convicted because I was thinking, I was like, man, I have been speaking a lot like he has been. <laughs> and when he said in there, it's the inevitable. But listen, you know what changes in our minds or in our thoughts what the enemy tries to attack, what we think is the inevitable of a situation, of a fight that we're in? The word of God. Amen. Amen? The word of God is what changes that. And listen, Eeyore, if you, if you know the whole story, if you watch the movie, he lives, like, he lives like someone that has who has told him over and over again that his entire life that he is worthless, and he believes it. You even heard it in that funny little clip, but you heard it. And it's funny because that clip spoke so much volumes to me. I actually paused the movie, and I wanted to go write stuff down, and then my daughter was kind of like yelling, so I had to hit play and go get a notebook and write stuff down, and it's dramatic, but God gave me, I believe, put this message on my heart to tell somebody this, because the truth is we do have battles, and I want to look at Ephesians 6.12. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We are in a battle of our, some of us in our lives right now. Some battles for our souls, for our family souls. And a lot of it is a, it is a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle, wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy, we do have a real enemy. The Bible tells us we have a very real enemy who wants us to live defeated. Because, see, he knows that he's already defeated. So the best he could do is to make us live like we're defeated here on earth. Because who knows, when we get to heaven, if you are born again, if you've received Jesus into your life, that is amazing. And that's the greatest victory, victory there is. Because you're going to spend eternity. But God doesn't want us to just wait to heaven to live the life he has planned, right? We can bring heaven to earth. Amen? We can bring heaven to earth. I mean, we, like Pastor Joe always says, like, when we get saved, we don't just shoot up. Shoot up to heaven. We have a purpose here. So it is important that we, that we do that and how we live that way. And here's the thing. Satan... The devil has no power unless we give it to him because we can open up ways to give him that power, right? And here's something. This was, I, I saw this. Joseph Prince said this. He said, God does not need you to defeat the devil today. Jesus has already done it and given you the victory. Amen. Our part is to stand on that victory ground that he has given us. Now, don't get me wrong. We should be devil kicking every day, right? But we, it's not our job. We don't have to wake up in the morning and go, I need to defeat the devil today because Jesus defeated him already. But it's our job to stand that ground. It is our, that is our job because when we don't, we will open ways for the, the devil to get into our life, to use things, right, to make us feel defeated, to, to put thoughts in our, thoughts in our mind because he is after us. Amen? But the good thing is we have victory. Now, this is really the main thing of my message because this is what I believe God wants you to hear today. In our battles, in our fights, we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. We need to get this so much in our hearts because this changes everything. We are not fighting for victory in the battles we are in. We are fighting from a position from victory. Jesus already achieved victory. He purchased everything that we need at the cross. Amen. So to break this down, 
in the beginning, and if you go to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, when God made the first people, Adam and Eve, everything was perfect. We know the story, right? Everything was perfect, and then they sinned. They disobeyed God. They sinned. So really, we're not alone in this battle because the very first people that God created were deceived by the devil. But right after they sinned, there's this passage that most people consider a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to do to the devil one day. And it's in Genesis 3.15. So this is after they sinned and, and and God finds them. And then he speaks. God speaks to the serpent. And he says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. And a lot of people believe this was a foreshadowing of him telling Jesus is going to come and Jesus is going to defeat the devil. He is going to crush his head. Really, this verse right here, if you think about it, it is the first proclamation of the gospel. It really is because all the richness, the mercy, the sorrow, and the glory of God's redeeming work with man really is here in a a miniature version because God promises to bring a redeemer from the seed of the woman, from the seed of the woman, and he he will be completely human yet divinely begotten. And in Jesus's life and death, this scripture was fulfilled. This scripture was fulfilled in his life and death because he was fully human. By his death and resurrection, he defeated and made a public spectacle of the powers of hell. It is the first promise, that is, and it is one of the most powerful statements of the gospel really to be found anywhere. This was a foreshadowing of what was to come. Because really, Pastor always says, too, everything that happens, you can find in the book of Genesis, right? You go back, and it's there. And he's telling the devil here, Jesus, I'm going to send my son, and he's going to come and defeat you. So when you become a Christian, when you surrender your life to Jesus, you need to realize, like, the devil doesn't win in your life. He's going to try, but we have victory. But again, it's us to us to walk in that because unfortunately people, they can have the victory, but they do, we don't walk in that, right? Or they don't walk in that their entire lives. But we don't want that to happen, amen? We don't want that to happen. I want to look at Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 8, and I want to look at this in the message version because I really liked how it was put in the message version. And it says this, it wasn't so long ago that we ourselves were stupid and stubborn, dupes of sin, ordered every which way by our glands, going around with a chip on our shoulder, hated and hated back, hating back. But when God, our kind and loving Savior God, stepped in, he saved us from all of that. It was all his doing. We had nothing to do with it. He gave us a good bath, and we came out of it new people, washed inside and out by the Holy Spirit. Our Savior Jesus poured out new life so generously God's gift has restored our relationship with him and given us back our lives. And there's more life to come, an eternity of life. You can count on this. That is good news. Here's the great thing about where we're living today, because we are living in the New Testament, right? So we already know the end of the the story, the battle, right? People in the Old Testament, they they were believing Jesus were going to come. They knew the prophecies, but we know Jesus already came. Right? We know he defeated death at the cross, and we know he rose again, and we also know he is going to come back. So how much more, if you think about it, how much more power should we be walking in knowing that and having those scriptures and having the New Testament, right? We should be walking in that. We know we already have the victory, and we don't have to do anything to earn God's love. It is all about what he has already done. It's all about what Jesus did. We don't need to earn that love. That is one of the lies that will trap us in our life. Excuse me, I just got to take a sip of water. When we feel like we have to earn God's love, that is, 
one of the traps the enemy will try to use because it's not about what we do. It's about what Jesus has already done. Amen. So I want to say this again because I really want to hammer in this point that we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. Amen. Amen. Jesus already purchased that victory. Now, I personally, I love sports. Anybody else? We got some sports fans. I love football personally. My, I like the 49ers. They're doing amazing this year. So it's a good year for me. It's normally not like this, this, this late into the season. But I'm a big football fan, and I got to be honest, I love all sports, but football, I get pretty worked up, like, during the games. Like, sometimes, like, I, I, like I don't sit down. I start moving. I feel like I almost played the game after. I get really into it. I really love the 49ers, and I try to see every game that I can, and I catch most of the games. But this past season, this, this past couple weeks ago, I, I knew I wasn't going to be there for the beginning of the game, so I had to record it. And, you know, anybody here, you record a game, you're like, I can't wait to watch it when I get home. And then the worst thing is when it gets spoiled for you. So that happened, um, which I wasn't happy. But then I found out that we won. So I was, pretty, I was pretty happy about that. So I still, I wanted to watch the game, right? So I went home and I turned on the game. And I'm not just saying this, but they've been pretty dominant all year. But in this game, was like the one game of the season. In the first quarter, they were not looking good. And I stopped and I was thinking, because if I was watching that game live, I probably would have been getting pretty frustrated. I'd probably been getting pretty worked up. I would have been sweating. I would have been getting a little nervous. I probably would have been grabbing potato chips because I was nervous and just eating like crazy. But I'm watching it, and I felt no nervousness at all. Why? Because I knew the outcome. I knew they won. So when they were looking bad, I wasn't like, oh, look how bad we're looking today because I know we're going to win. Right? And that's true in our lives. If you think about it, things are going to come, and we will experience fear, but we can kind of step back knowing that, listen, Jesus already won. He already won. Amen? We already won. We know the outcome. We're not wondering what is he going to do. We know what he has done. And then when we get that truth in our lives, it is so, it is so, so, so powerful. Because we all know this, and we all could probably, if we got here, we could share stories, but life, life is hard, right? Anybody been there? Like, life can be hard. We go through things. Many of us are still fighting a battle maybe against sin, lies that we're believing about ourselves, our purpose, and our calling. Depression, anxiety. Depression and anxiety is at an all-time high in our country. It is at an all-time high. I remember, and I think Pastor mentioned this a few weeks ago because I was talking to him, and I heard this on a podcast I was listening to, and they were just talking about... um, it wasn't just about teenagers. It was about adults in general. And they were talking about, like, if there was a normal level of anxiety, what you would consider normal. So if somebody came in and they said, okay, well, that's a normal level of anxiety for people nowadays. In the 1950s, if they had that level, they would have been admitted to a psych ward. That's crazy. And a lot of that is we have so much information at our hands, right? We have uh, just between our phones, social media, we see everything. You, we have information thrown at us every day, nonstop. People are wrestling, people probably here, myself, are wrestling real battles against depression, anxiety, addiction, trauma from our history, whatever it may be. But we have everything that we need. 2 Peter 1.3 says this. His divine power, his divine power, not ours, his, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. 
Jesus already has given us everything that we need in this life. Now, some of us here, maybe our next step is to learn what he's given us, and we need to know that from the word of God. We need to know that from the word of God. Some of us, we need to start walking in that because Jesus purchased healing for us at the cross, right? But some of us, maybe, you know, you could hear somebody tell you that, but you need to really go in and start reading that and start meditating on that and make it be real to you and make you know, no, this is what he purchased for me, right? Maybe some of us, I'm just using the topic of, of healing right now, but maybe the next step is to start speaking that. And I'm going to get into that in one of my points because maybe we're going through a battle of sickness and we, we want to be healed. We believe we're healed, but then everything that we're thinking and saying is contradictory to what we're believing. And the enemy will work in that way. He will work in that way, especially with our words. There are so much power in our words. It says that there is life and death, in, I think, in the tongue, power of tongue, right? There is literally life and death in what we speak. And I, I'm going through that now because I need to start watching out what I speak, because what I speak to people, what I speak to my daughter, because there is life and death coming out of that. Like, my daughter now, she's, she's one, and she, like, loves to, she doesn't say no because she doesn't talk yet, but she looks and she's like, she shakes her head. And she, she's just, she knows what she wants right now, I guess is a way to put it. Like, you know, trying to eat. And so we're, we're going through this new stage with her, I guess. And she's fine. She's such a sweet kid. But I could be so quick sometimes to, to speak. And my wife has to tell me this because, like, she'll be, I'll be like, Everest, eat. And she's just shaking her head, no, no. And I'm like, oh, my, I look at her and say, she's so stubborn. And she's got to say, you got to stop watching what you're saying. And she said, you got to start saying. And my wife goes, she goes, she, she, what does she say? She's like, she's determined. She's determined. Maybe she is being stubborn, but I'm going to start telling her she's determined because I'm going to start speaking that into her. Because I, I work with teenagers and teenage girls, so I'm going to start speaking things now. Oh, no. But it is, it is. I don't know what it is. It's just like whenever you have a, whenever I just noticed, I mean, I had a girl. You have a girl, and the first thing people have said is, oh, wait till they're a teenager. And I'm like, thank you. No. I'm just saying that we even need to watch what we're speaking over our kids, no matter how old they are, over our friends, over our family, over our situations. There is power, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Jesus has given us what we need. So I have a couple points, three things, in fact, that I believe that if we can remember, we can get in our hearts and we can put into practice, we can start walking in the victory he has from us. We can start fighting the battles from the victory he has already purchased. So number one is this change your mind. Change your mind. Change your mind. Our thoughts, most, mostly everything starts, starts in a form of a thought, even before we speak it. Even when we sin, we, we mostly didn't wake up and say, I'm going to do this right, right now. No, it started maybe in thoughts, right? And then maybe we start speaking, and then we act on it. So we need to change our mind. And the first thing we need to do is everything in our power to get the truth of God's word in front of our face the truth of his word in front of our faces and in our minds, because then what happens with that? You're thinking about it, you're meditating on it, it's, it comes into your heart. It becomes real. It gets into your heart. If you want to live in the victory of the cross, we need to put our flag in the ground and claim the truth of what God says about you. The truth is, and it, it's sad, and I could probably say it about myself, because all of us there, we probably, most people probably speak less about what God says about them than other things that they say about themselves. 
if that made sense. I, I think I was trying to say, it. okay, we're good. We need to speak what God says about us. And listen, well, let's just say this out loud with me. Say this out loud with me, because this is going to be a good practice. So I want this to us to all proclaim this over ourselves. So just repeat after me. I am. I am. S- say your name. The child of the king who is not moved by the world, for my God is with me and goes before me. I do not fear because I am his. That felt pretty good, right? Amen. Some of you might be charged up right now. You're like, I'm going to go whoop the devil or something. You're, 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 you're pumped up. Now, it's great, and it, that brings life to us. We need to be doing that not just every morning, in the morning, in the afternoon, before we go to sleep, right? There is power when we change our mind and we start speaking of what God's word says about us. You know, I remember when I had, um, some of you guys know this, I had, it was last May, I had Bell's palsy. What that is, is um, like one morning I just woke up and this whole side of my face just wasn't working. Like about that, I mean like it didn't move. And it was really weird, and it was just a rare thing that happened. So it was like half my face was, pa- was paralyzed. So immediately my wife and I, we prayed. You know, we prayed, and we stood on the promises of, of God's divine healing. The first thing I did then is I got a bunch of index cards, which I normally, I normally do, but I, I had some up, but it wasn't on the topic of healing. I just wrote down about four scriptures on healing. I put them on the mirror in the bathroom, put them on the mirror in our bedroom. I put them on our refrigerator because I was keeping it always in front of my face. So in the morning, I'd wake up, and I'd go into the bathroom, because the first thing I'd normally do is go brush my teeth, and I would say those scriptures before I would brush my teeth. Then, after that, I would normally make coffee, rarely, well, that was then, I've been going to the gym more now, you heard that a couple months ago when I was doing my message, but then it was, that was like, not happening. So, that wasn't happening. Normally, I was going to the refrigerator for food next, so I'd go to the refrigerator for food, and before I would open it up to get the eggs and stuff, I would say the scriptures that were on the refrigerator, right? And then, I'd, before I would leave for work or whatever, whatever we were doing for the day, I'd, what I'd have to do, I'd have to go into the bedroom, I'd get dressed, and I'd look, at, I'd look at our mirror, and I would speak those scriptures again. So I was speaking those three times before I would even leave my house, and I would do it again at night. And listen, I eat a lot, so I would see them all the time at the refrigerator. So I'm keeping those scriptures in front of my face. So here's the thing. If you are fighting a battle right now, you need to know you have the victory, but you need to know what it is. So if you're fighting if you're fighting for healing right now, you need to know you're fighting from a position of victory for healing. Because in 1 Peter 2.24, says, Jesus took our stripes at the cross, and by his stripes we were healed. There's many other scriptures on healing, so you need to find out those truths and start putting them all over your house, whatever it may be. Keep, them, keep an index card with you at all times because you need to know the truth of God's word and what that says. Here's one scripture I want to read because this could be, this is a great scripture that we could all fix our eyes on for truth and no matter really what we're going through. And this is something you should, we should always be speaking over our lives. And it's Isaiah 54, 17. And it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Truly, imagine the power if we would really start, even just that scripture, start speaking that over our lives every day. Not just over our lives, but over our family's lives, over our children's lives, over our co-workers' lives, over our family who, well, maybe this, not the scripture, but who, we should be speaking scriptures of salvation over our family members aren't even saved yet, believing for their salvation. 
We need to memorize scripture. It's important. You know, you could get, you have your YouVersion Bible app. We all have phones. Download the Bible app that way. That's an easy way as well. And also, there's something else I wrote about changing our minds and our thoughts because, listen, I love TV. We all watch TV probably, right? TV will throw things at us. It'll make us think a certain way. The music we listen to is important. I challenge you, honestly, challenge you just to listen to worship music for a month. Now, I'm not bashing other music or anything like that, but just take a chance. Just for a month, listen to worship music. You will see how things change in your life. I'm being honest. I am telling you it is the truth. There will be a difference in the way you think and feel. You know, I always said to my wife, my mother-in-law's house, whenever we go there, there's always, it's like such a peace that's in her house. We go there, and it's very peaceful. And it's, I mean, she keeps it so nice. There's a lot of natural things that are peaceful, too, but there's always just a peace there. And I'm talking to my wife one day, and I'm like, man, every time we go to your mom's, it's, it's so peaceful. And I realize throughout the whole day, my mother-in-law, all she has on the TV is TBN. And I'm not saying just do that, but that's because when she's doing her whatever cleaning, she always just has it on. So even if she's not sitting there and watching it, constantly the word of God is being spoke. There's worship music going on. It changes the atmosphere. It really does. And I'm like, man, I always feel this peace. So I'm telling you, go do that. Go listen to sermons. Go listen to past sermons from church. Put on worship music. I'm not saying cut out TV. I'm, listen, I still watch Netflix. I still love shows. But I'm trying to be more intentional about making sure, okay, I'm going to put on some worship music. Because in the morning, just being honest, we would wake up in the morning, my wife and I, and the first thing we would always do is we'd, we'd get our breakfast and we'd put our show on on Netflix. Like nothing, anything, like the office or something. But now we just put worship music on in the morning. Just the morning, just to set the tone for our day. Amen? You know, maybe it's going to see a Christian counselor. It's having somebody talk to you that's founded in the word of God. Maybe it's using our spare minutes not to scroll through Instagram or Facebook, but going through maybe on a version Bible app. One thing I've been trying to do now is, listen, I'm not going to be up here and telling you I cut out Facebook and Instagram because I didn't. But every now and then I will actually, I won't delete it. I'll delete it just off my phone for a week when I realize I'm spending too much time on it. And yes, in the beginning of that week, you can't tell you how many times I pull up my phone, I go, oh, it's not there. But when I do that, I try to go, okay, it's not there. Let me click on my Bible app now and just read a scripture. Just start changing what's in front of your face at all times. Because listen, we're all guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. But waking up in the morning, and I'll be like, let me see if anything's changed in the last seven hours since I was sleeping in people's lives. I can wait till later in the day. But I need something that's going to start me off knowing what God says about me so I can walk in that day. Amen. Speak that truth out loud over your life. So here's some scriptures I, I want to give, give you that just sprung on my heart when I think of this topic of speaking his truth. In Psalm 91, and this is in the message version. Psalm 91, any translation you read it is amazing. I, I love the message for this, and it's such a powerful psalm. And it says this, yes, because God is your refuge. The most, the high God, you, your very own home. So yes, because God is your refuge, the high God, your very own home. Evil can't get close to you. Harm can't get through the door. He ordered his angels to guard you wherever you go. If you stumble, they'll catch you. Their job is to keep you from falling. You'll walk unharmed among the lions and snakes and kick young lions and serpents from the path. That's powerful, right? And verse 10, these are verses 9 and 10. Verse 10 is where it, it kind of talks about he's going to guard you. But we need, in order to have verse 10, we need to actually implement verse 9. Because verse 9 says, yes, because God is your refuge. We need to make sure he is our refuge. Amen. He is the one we're going to. Romans 12.2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This is a scripture that I speak over myself literally every single day because I've struggled with fear, and God has not given us a spirit of fear. We need to wait. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and of a sound mind. Because this is actually like scientifically proven. We actually dismantle negative pathways in our brains when we forge a new path when we start speaking truth. There's, again, going back to this, and I don't know I was going to go so much this way, but there is so much power when we speak. I remember when I first became a Christian, when I first gave my life to Jesus, and, I, and I've shared this a little bit. My uncle brought me here, and, and I received Jesus into my life. And then he was in a, a Bible study with a couple of amazing men of God, and, and they invited me. He invited me to that Bible study, and it was amazing because, honestly, that built so much foundations in my life because I would just sit there and hear them talk, hear them, I mean, talk about things and talk about God's word. And, and James Rushton, he, he's home with the Lord now, but he said something to me that changed at a young Christian changed my life of how I saw the Bible. I remember one day we were just talking about reading, and he said, he said, when you read the Bible, he said, don't just read. He said, say it out loud when you're reading it. Because he said, then you're not just reading it, you're speaking it, and you're hearing it. Maybe just implement that in your life. That is so powerful. And sometimes I don't get to do that like every second. Like I still read my Bible sometimes just reading it, but mostly I read it out loud. Because I'm not just reading it now, I am speaking what the Word of God says. And sometimes I know we all learn differently, but when I'm speaking it and hearing it, it's getting in me more, and I'm, I'm, I'm understanding it more, I'm remembering it more. But, but even then, just reading your Bible out loud, you are speaking the Word of God. There is power in that. Amen? So number one was change your mind. Number two, don't forget your instruments. I'm not talking about guitar and a drum. And all of that, although, I mean, you could use a lot of that for worship, right? Because that is an instrument. That's a way to bring God's presence in. And sometimes to worship, man, we could just break everything. Amen? But don't forget your instruments. Because if we are at war, if we're in battles in the supernatural, we can only win in the power of God. Not on our own power, only through his power. Amen? We rely on his strength and his wisdom and the instruments that he has given us to live victorious over, our, over sin, right? And all of our negative thinking. So Ephesians 6, I want to look at just 6, 10, and 11 right now. Ephesians 6, 10, and 11, it says, be strong. And this is the beginning of the armor of God scripture. And I'm not going to go in depth teaching on the armor of God because we would be here till tomorrow. But it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that so, you, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, one of our instruments is the armor of God, and the armor of God is found verses 10 through, you know what, I'm just going to read it. Good thing I brought my Bible up, oh my gosh. Oh, that sounded horrible, but it's just because now technology, you know. So it says this, finally, my brethren, be strong, because this is one of our instruments, the armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle, and this is the scripture I read in the beginning, right? For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. 
Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So one of our instruments is the armor of God. Now, when I was studying for this message and I started a scripture and I saw something here that I have never seen before and it amazed me so I remember I went on Google and I typed it in because sometimes I was like am I seeing this right am I understanding it right and I'll, I'll go do some research and I saw a Joseph Prince article that came up and he's an amazing teacher of the word of God if you know him and, and he was saying literally what I what I saw he was saying and I was like oh my gosh this is so powerful so I want to read actually a quote this is what I saw in here and then this is a quote from the article that he wrote it says in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, on the, on the arm of God, the passage on spiritual, spiritual warfare, the word wrestle, and in some translations that's fighting or, or fight, the word wrestle only appears once in verse 12, while the word stand appears four times. He says, stand against the wiles of the devil, withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand, and then it says, stand therefore. Four times the Holy Spirit through Paul to write in Ephesians, tells, tells us to stand. And that kind of goes to this message because we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from a place from victory that we need to stand in. When I saw that, it opened my eyes. I'd never seen that before. To stand on the victory that has already been purchased for us and to put on that armor, armor and then stand because the devil does not have power over us. We have power over him. Amen. So before your feet hit the floor in the morning, make sure, honestly, you claim this. Claim the, the armor of God as your protection, that his angels are all around you. And when you clothe yourself for battle with the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, we know we have victory. Amen? That's an instrument, the armor of God. Another instrument, extremely powerful instrument, is the Holy Spirit. I want to read a scripture from Isaiah, and this is in the Old Testament. And I don't know, I don't know why God brought me to this scripture for, for this part, but it's Isaiah 11:2, And it says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Now, this verse is in the Old Testament. This verse was originally a prophecy about the Messiah, about Jesus who was to come. But Jesus has came. And we can claim this reality, too, because if we have a relationship with Jesus, if we, are, if we are saved, if we are born again, it says we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We have the counselor on the inside of us. Amen? We have the spirit of truth. We have the spirit of, of knowledge. And it, it is so powerful. It is so powerful. We won't, we won't win victories in our own strength or by being a good person. We will win them by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And I just want to take a minute to talk about this because this is something that's becoming more and more real to me. If we would realize the power that we have through the Holy Spirit in us, our whole life, we let, it says we have the same spirit in us that raised Jesus from the dead. We need to realize we cannot do anything apart from the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it. Jesus literally said, I'm going up, but, but don't even worry about it because greater than me is coming to live in you. God didn't leave us alone, right? Think about that. Think about the tools and the instruments God has given us. When he, when Jesus went up, he didn't say, figure it out. Number one, he left us the word of God. He, but he didn't even just leave us the word of God. He left us his Holy Spirit that when we receive him as our Savior, lives inside of us. 
There is so much power in that. We have the spirit of the living God inside of us. Amen? And the Holy Spirit empowers us to reach out, to reach out for other equipment as well and other instruments. Now, there's some practical things too. Listen, if we have a temper and we know that we have trouble controlling it, we might need some tools when we get angry, right? Maybe it's, I don't know, count to 10. Maybe it's just don't react. Oh, I guess if you have anger, it's going to be hard not to react. Maybe it's to text somebody. You know you're, you're getting angry. Maybe it's to text somebody. Listen, if you're consumed by lustful thoughts, maybe your equipment is never taking your phone into the room alone. Or go for a run. Keep a note of the times that you feel tempted to sin. Maybe if we're depressed, our equipment, maybe it's making sure we have godly mentors in our life. Maybe it's going to see a Christian counselor. Maybe it's making sure, listen, I struggle with depression. Sometimes my instrument was making sure I knew I was going to be around my friends who would speak life into me. We'd be able to laugh together. That would speak God's word into me. Amen. There's instruments that we need to see. The Holy Spirit will let us know those instruments. If we trust him to let me know, give me the knowledge I need to know what to prevent this. Or give me the insight I need to know. Why does this set me off? Or why am I tempted by that God? He will show you. Now, he will show us, but then it's up to us to actually take action on that. Right? Amen. That's the tough part, but it's, it's true because it's easy to say this now, but in the heat of the moment when our feelings are overwhelming, the last thing we want to do is crack open the Bible, right? But if we have the word of God in us and we know it, it's going to come out of us. Amen? You know, I think I read something where, um, like, pilots, um, I think it was marine pilots or, or pilots, I can't remember, but when they're, when they're, going through their flight school, they will actually practice like what would happen if they got were about to crash because they would know what instruments they would have at their disposal. That way, if something did happen in real life, they probably they wouldn't be in a panic, right? Because they would know the instruments that would they have. That's why we need to be equipped so when stuff does happen, which stuff will happen in our lives, we're going to go up, you know, maybe a ball out of left field is going to fly out. I don't mean a real baseball. I just mean the situation in life. If we're panicking, we're not going to be going, oh, my gosh, wait, what did God say? Or let me look at the word. No, we need to know it so we know what instruments to grab for. We know what scriptures to grab for. We know what God's word says. We know the truth to stand on. So the first one was change your mind. The second one was make sure we use our instruments, know our instruments. And the third one is this. Don't fight alone. Don't fight alone. Fighting from victory, listen, God did not design us to do life alone. And number one, we're never fighting alone because he is with us. He goes before us, amen. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. So even if you're like, well, I don't have anybody that has, that has my back. I don't have anybody walking through life with me right now. You have God, you have somebody. You have the best person there is right now. If you're starting from there, that's the best place to start. He says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He goes before us. And again, if you are born again, if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. But it's important to get into friendships and relationships of people that believe what you believe and also will lift you up. In Acts 4.31, it says, when the people of God got together, they prayed. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. There's power when people come together and pray. Matthew 18.20 says, where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. That's a powerful scripture. God is here with us. Amen. James 5.16 says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. In my friendships, I'm talking about my friends who I am vulnerable with. Some of the most powerful things is when, when we confess things to one another. Number one, you're opening up. Number two, you're actually acknowledging 
with the situation and what's going on and what you need to work on. Because when we don't, we can either start pretending like it never happened, pretend like nothing's going on, and then we never actually address it. And something I've learned in my life is when we don't address a problem in the infancy stage, it can become maybe what was this big can become this big. So when we know we have people that we, aren't, we don't feel guilt or we don't feel shame or we don't feel ashamed to going to, that is extremely powerful. And always we should be, we should be talking to God because there is no guilt and shame. Amen? Nothing we do surprises him. We don't need to hide from him. You know, I, I think of it all the time. Like, honestly, when my friends, I have amazing friends. And when I was first becoming a dad, when I knew we, we, were, we were having Everest and having a daughter, I went through fear and stuff because I didn't have, my dad left when I was six months. I didn't have a dad growing up. So I always thought, well, how am I going to be able to do this? I never had this modeled for me. Or how are we going to be able to do this? And they would encourage me, you are going to have everything that you need from God. They would say, God is going to give you the grace that you need each and every step. He's going to give you the wisdom that you need each and every step. They spoke that life into me. Amen? Because I was starting to believe those lies. Starting to believe, well, I've never had this modeled for me. Well, what am I doing? What if I'm not good enough for her? What if, what if I'm not good enough for my, for my wife? What if I'm not good? No, and they would speak life into me. And then we'd get together and we would pray with one another. It's important to have people in your life. Now, the Gospels, they record the last words of Jesus that Jesus uttered before he died on the cross. Remember Jesus, what did he say? He said, it is finished. When he said that, he did not mean that he was finished. It meant that the mission that he had come to accomplish had been completed. Jesus lived a holy and perfect life. So we, because we could never be holy and perfect on our own. He suffered and died in our place when we deserve to be punished for our sins. He destroyed the works of the devil and the power of sin, not with a sword or a spear or thunder and lightning, but through humility and submission to his father. And in the face of temptation, even when Jesus went for the 40 days, even in the face of temptation to Satan himself, Jesus never wavered. He remained faithful to his mission. And when he proclaimed, it is finished, he declared victory over sin, death, hell, damnation, and judgment. And he announced really the kingdom of God in all its power and glory. Jesus won. The curse of sin was broken. We could be in right relationship with God. Now, we do still live in a sinful world until he comes back again. But we have victory over sin. We have victory over those battles that are going on in our life. And Jesus' victory gives us power over guilt, over shame, over condemnation, amen? Over insecurity, over regret, over temptation. You do not need to fight the battle alone. The victory is already yours. We need to walk in it. So before I wrap this up and, and we pray, as you're thinking, what is your next step? Maybe your next step here tonight is you don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. So first, that is the most important thing, right? Because he purchased a victory for you that you do not need to purchase on your own. It's what he did at the cross. So that might be your first step is receiving Jesus, asking him to come into your life as your Lord and Savior. Maybe your first step is, again, knowing what God's word says about the situation that you're in. Maybe the next step is you know the, the, God's word, so you need to start speaking it and start walking in it. But here's the thing. We're in battles, but we are victorious. Amen. We might not see it in front of our face right now, but faith is, is, is believing before seeing. It might not be in our face right now. We might look like the crazy battle. How can we get out of this? Maybe it's financial, whatever it is. But Jesus Christ purchased that for us. Amen. We might not see it 
tonight. We might not see it tomorrow. We might not see it in a week, but we need to keep believing because we need to know it is coming. That victory is coming. Amen. Whatever it is we are believing for. So I'm going to pray. And I want to pray over you. And I'm going to pray for each and every one of us in here because God knows. He knows. Hey, he knows if you're going through something right now. It's not a surprise to him. He knows. Also, he knows if maybe there's something that's coming up. But here's the thing. We can have confidence that, listen, as long as we are here in this world of sin, there are going to be battles that we have to walk through. But when we get into those, I pray that tonight something would spur in your mind that you would know. So maybe if something did come up, you're going to walk through that confidently. And we're learning. And honestly, battles sometimes is not a bad thing because we actually learn and grow from it. Amen? Maybe, it's, maybe sometimes we go through a battle because of something we brought on because it says, you know, sometimes if we're doing things, we're going to reap something of what we're sowing. Like, like maybe right now this is something just simple, but you go, well, I think negatively all the time. Well, if you've been sowing by only hanging out with people that speak negatively all the time, you're going to be thinking negatively all the time. So maybe you need to start sowing to people that are going to speak God's word into you because then you're going to reap those more positive thoughts than the negative thoughts. I mean, that's just a basic example, right? But the thing is, is no matter what we go through, we know that God is with us. And we know if we're going through a battle, I mean, it says in the scripture, count it joy when you go through battle, which I don't know about you, but that's not the first thing I think of when something comes up is to count it all joy. <laughs> but we can learn and grow from it. We can learn and grow from it. We can know that he is with us. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this night, God. Father, I thank you, Father, that Jesus Christ purchased victory for us at the cross, Father. So, Father, I pray for each and every person in here, Father, that we can walk out this lifestyle, Father, of not fighting for victory, but fighting from a position of from victory, from what Jesus did, Lord. So I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you would show us, all of us, maybe our next step. Maybe our next step is in our speaking. Father, maybe it's in just knowing what God's word says about our situation. Whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that you would reveal that to us and show that to us, God. Father, I thank you that you are faithful, Lord. I thank you that you are faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Father, he won the battle, God. Father, he won the battle, Father. And I, Father, I thank you that when we surrender our lives to Jesus, Father, we have the ultimate victory, Father. Because, yes, Father, this world will throw things at us. But Father, we know that our eternity is sealed with you, Lord God. Our eternity, we are in right relationship with you, Father. No matter what, Father, the devil does not win at the end of the day, Father, because we are forever with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, please come up. We would love to pray with you and agree, because, again, do not fight alone, right? We want to agree with you in prayer. There is power in that. If you've never received Jesus into your life as your Lord and Savior, please don't leave here without doing that tonight. Come up. We would love to talk to you about it and what we call that salvation prayer. Pray that with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.